Welcome to the Metabolic MD. Health means everything. We all seek optimal health, but most of us do not know how to achieve it. Dr. Paul Kaladze has spent a career in the emergency department. Now, he helps his patients avoid ever ending up there. During these podcasts, you'll learn how you can lose weight and prevent and reverse disease through new technology, a modified diet, and the use of some new recently approved FDA medications. This information is not meant to be medical advice. Please seek consultation from your own medical provider. Let's listen in. Well, hey, folks, welcome back to the Metabolic MD with Dr. Paul Kolozik, or as we like to call him, Dr. Colo. Dr. Colo, a.k.a. Dr. Colo. All right, so in the past, we've covered many, many topics on weight loss, keto diets, semaglutides, uh, CGMs, things like that. Today, we're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of semaglutides. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, so for those folks who are joining us for the very first time, and if, if you are, welcome. This is one of the fastest-growing podcasts out there. Uh, and what, what I'd love to do is let's start with a little bit of background about what is a semiglutide? What is Wagovi? What is Ozimbic? What are those things? So semiglutide is the new FDA-approved weight loss medications, just approved in the last 18 months or so. I have become very popular, starting to be called one of the medicines of the stars because the people out in Hollywood are using it a lot. But it's effective for weight loss, but it has some good upsides, but it has some downsides as well. Okay, so basically semiglutide is the generic brand for Wagovi and Ozempic, correct? Yeah, and the story behind that is that this medicine originally was formulated as Ozambic, used in diabetics for a number of years. It was found that that medicine not only helped control their blood sugar, but it helped them lose weight. So the pharmaceutical company that made the medication went back and did studies on non-diabetics, uh, and it found that they lost weight as well with this medication. And so then it was marketed as Wagovi. So now for for weight loss available as Wagovi, but also available um, through selected physicians like Metabolic MD as a compounded medicine, uh, which means it can be made available at much lower cost to people. Yes, I, I saw just an episode of Inside Edition where this was the topic that they were discussing, how people out in Hollywood are using uh, semiglutides for weight loss and, and maintaining their, their, their weight. Now, this has caused a shortage for diabetics like me who need the, the medicine because these guys are gobbling it all up. And I know that's an issue that they're trying to address. But how does it work? So, and briefly tell us how this thing affects me as a person. Yeah, just very briefly, it's a once weekly shot. It, it has the dose that increases over the course of many months. So you start, take a single dose for a week and then you bump that dose, take that higher dose for a week, go ahead and bump the dose again. And over a period of months, it continues to increase until you get to the appropriate level. Um, but what uh, the way it works is by three mechanisms of action, and that is uh, that it slows gastric emptying. That means it keeps your stomach for longer. There's a little valve between the stomach and the intestines called the pyloric valve, and this medicine kind of tightens up that valve so your stomach stays fuller longer. And then it has a couple other mechanisms of action as well. It lowers blood glucose, and as we have talked a lot, if you can lower your blood glucose, you can burn fat as a source of energy energy and that will help you lose weight and then the third effect is it has a direct effect on the brain the hypothalamus in the brain uh, so it can decrease hunger directly that way all right so since this is the good 
the bad, and the ugly for semiglutides. Let's start with the uglies. What are the risks and the things, the side effects that go along with this drug? So the first ugly really is there are certain people that can't take this medication. So if you have a family history of a certain type of thyroid cancer called medullary thyroid cancer, or a strange kind of cancer that's very rare called multiple endocrine neoplasia that runs in families, then this medicine is contraindicated, or what that means is you shouldn't take it. And then patients with some other problems like recurrent pancreatitis, inflammation of the pancreas, or recurrent gallbladder problems shouldn't take it as well. If your gallbladder's out, it's not a problem. You can use the medicine. Um, so there are a few conditions like that that are also contraindications. Okay, so that is that the ugly? Is that all their ugly parts before we get to the bad? Well, the, the other ugly part is the potential side effects of these medications. What are those? Um, so the one I see in my patients most of the time is nausea. So as you can guess, if you get on the internet and look at side effects of semaglutide, you're going to see a laundry, laundry list of problems. But usually I only see a few things, and that's nausea, rarely progressing to vomiting, sometimes a little bit of abdominal cramping, sometimes a little bit of a constipation. Um, but one of the good things about working with a provider that understands this medicine, and quite honestly also working with the compounded semaglutide, is that the dose can then be titrated. If I have a patient that has too much nausea, then we just back off on the dose. That's not necessarily true with Wagovi or the standard pens because they're dosages. These injection pens have standard dosages in them and you're kind of committed to that regimen. But with the compounded semaglutide, you can draw up different amounts from the vial. You can titrate the dose depending on the patient's symptoms and you can help them progress without having any significant problems. Yeah, I was just, I know in a previous podcast, we talked about how you start out with a low dose and build it up so they, they tolerate it better. That's right. kind of what you were talking about. There. Right. And occasionally even I have patients that are low dose, don't have any problems at all. And we can actually accept, accelerate the dosing more rapidly. Okay. So let's, we've talked about the ugly. Let's talk about the bad, which seems like it's about the same as the ugly, but go ahead. What is are the bad parts about this? Okay. Well, it's not, the bad isn't quite as bad as the ugly. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Um, but the bad really is the weight regain that can occur when you Re, when you stop this medicine. So yeah, a lot of press now, great medicine helps people lose weight, but unless you're planning on being on this medicine for the rest of your life, you gotta think about what's gonna happen when you come off it. And all the studies that have been done on semaglutide have shown that there is weight regain when you stop the medicine. But can you be on it for the rest of your life? Is that is there an issue with that? Um, you can be on it right now. Again, this medicine has only been used for uh, you know a number of years, so you're always worrying about long-term, very long-term sure. side effects. But yeah, you can go on this medicine for the rest of your life, but you know, do you want to be giving yourself a shot every week for the rest of your life? Or do you want to use, or, or you want this to be an opportunity to change some lifestyle things that will help you sustain weight loss and a normal weight and metabolic health after you've stopped the medicine. So, so make sure I got this right. What you're kind of prescribing is, let's use this as a tool to kickstart 
this approach and then through changing some of the things you eat, some of the, the ways you behave, uh, then you can wean yourself off of it is what you're kind of talking through, right? Yeah. So I always use this medicine as part of a comprehensive weight loss and metabolic health program. We've talked a lot about it a lot, Terry. It includes low carb diets guided by a continuous glucose monitor. And we use continuous glucose monitors in non-diabetics and pre-diabetics, not just diabetics. Um, but we use then this medicine to either kickstart this process or once in a while I have patients that get stalled after a while and then this will kind of goose the process along. So it is the CGM guided low carb diet, some intermittent fasting and then we've talked about strength training because that helps decrease insulin resistance which is the reason the majority of overweight Americans have weight issues. Got it. Okay so are we ready to progress to the good yet? Have you have we covered all the bads? There's one more bad. Go ahead. And that is that when you lose weight on this medicine, you don't only lose fat, you lose muscle mass as well. Um, and so you got to be very careful on this medicine. That's a big issue for all of us as we age because we lose muscle mass as we age anyways. For women, it's a big deal because if you lose muscle mass, then, then that can cause worsening problems with osteoporosis. So you got to be careful of this issue of losing muscle mass on this medication. So all our programs, as I kind of just alluded to, include strength training for our patients because you can counter that muscle loss with strength training and actually as part of your diet not only being low carb but also higher in protein so you're not so saying you, i'm going to go bench press a thousand pounds you're just basically telling people not the cardio machines as much as maybe pick up some of those lighter dumbbells just to kind of you know, pump it up a little bit, just a little bit, right? Right, right. You just want to add, you want to make sure you aren't losing muscle. Maybe add a little muscle tone. You know, sometimes the women are worried about, oh, that's going to bulk me up. You know, hundreds of patients in my practice, and I have not, women in my practice, and I have not seen that issue. Most of them are very happy when they, you know, pick up this new habit of lifting weights and they see a little bit more tone in their body. Oh, good. So now, have we covered the bad? Are we ready to go to the good? I don't want to get to the good. I think we're ready let's go what are the good aspects of this uh, well the good aspect is the weight loss um, all the studies have shown a 12 to 15 percent body weight loss in patients that are also doing some dietary regimen and an exercise regimen but 12 to 15 percent of weight loss can be a big deal and oh, yeah. really can help people meet their goals um, and then the other is that this can improve your overall metabolic health status so you know if you have a lot high blood sugar, pre-diabetic. Um, you can lower your blood sugar. It can help with blood pressure and cholesterol. There have been some studies that have shown even in patients that are not pre-diabetic or diabetic, the use of this medicine, even before they would even reach that phase, can help confer yeah, a lifelong protection of some of those serious metabolic problems. So in other words, you can head off potentially having pre-diabetes down the road or cholesterol issues down the road or hypertension down the road just by using this medication. Now, haven't I seen commercials for maybe it's Wagovi or Ozimbic where it actually improves heart health 
Is that is am I miss am I wrong when I saw that? By those mechanisms, you know, by improving okay. blood pressure, by improving cholesterol. I think the numbers you saw in the commercials are A1C, uh, which is a measure yeah. of you know the amount of blood glucose in your system over a long period of time. Uh, but this medicine very much helps control blood glucose as well. Maybe I swear I, I could I apologize, listeners. Uh, I thought it was reduce the risk of stroke. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I. I you're making a good point. Yeah, it reduced. So I talked about it reducing, you know, issues of hypertension and high cholesterol. But the end point of all of that, of course, is the crises that it can occur with, you know, a stroke or a heart attack or, you know, bad peripheral vascular disease. The things that I've seen in the emergency department over 30 years that we've talked about before. Yeah, so let's go. Let's make sure I got this right. So if I'm a, a male or a female and I'm, I'm 200 pounds and I'm overweight, um, a 10% reduction would be close to uh, 20 pounds, correct? Correct. So th by using this medicine along with some of the other things you're prescribing, they can expect to lose maybe 20 pounds, maybe more. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. My patients do better, um, yeah. you know, and, and that's the reason is that I just don't give them this medicine and say, good luck. Right. You know, we give them the medicine and say, okay, what's your dietary program going to be? Here's your continuous glucose monitor. Let's monitor your carb intake. What's your intermittent fasting program going to be? Let's talk about getting with my trainer and what's your strength training going to be? So, yeah, patients can do better than that if so, they're within a structured program. So it's a complete plan is kind of what your approach is. It's not saying, here's a prescription, go away, come back in six months. You're saying... Yeah. If if the doctor's really involved in your medical or your 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 health care plan, right? You want to see them more often. You want to be involved in other aspects, just not how the prescription is right. going. Right, and there are those services out there where you can just do a you know ten minute visit with you know a medical provider online, and they will send you semaglutide. But I really think that that's not a service to patients because again, the majority are going to be coming off, um, and uh, the medicine eventually, and this medication can have untoward side effects like we've talked about, and so you really need to put this in the context of a comprehensive medical program that, that a clinician is monitoring with you. So you're, I know you do telemedicine for, oh, you're, well, you're based in Ohio, but you do Florida, Indiana, and Arizona? That's correct. So, yeah. so do you have patients in those areas that they're able to at least, you're just not prescribing, but then you do follow up telemedicine calls? Yeah, telemedicine's become very common. I see patients monthly. My trainer and nutritionist talks to them weekly, either with a Zoom, uh, you know, visit right. or on the telephone. So really, it's almost like being in my office. And, you know, since COVID, this is becoming increasingly common. I, I got to say uh, that, that I'm flattered that I even have patients that are not in those states that have arranged to drive into those states because the telemedicine laws, they physically have to be in a state where I, I'm licensed, <laughs> but I've actually had patients in adjacent states drive into those states where I'm licensed. I've even had a couple get on a plane to get into a state where I'm licensed so that I can go ahead and provide care for them. So one of the, one of the things I, we weren't really didn't prepared to talk about this, but the CGMs allow doctors to monitor how things are going remotely, right? Exactly. Do you, do you ever do that with your patients? You ever see their CGM results? Like like they'll send you graphs or you're able to log in? No, I do that with all my patients. Okay. So we put, we put the continuous glucose monitors. And again, this focuses not only on diabetics, but pre-diabetics and, and non-diabetics. And, you know, from the time they put the monitor on, I can be following their numbers remotely 24-7. 
Now, I don't, I don't bother them that often. I don't hassle <laughs> them that often. But I do follow trends. And after a few days, if they're getting on, off track, they're going to hear from me um, or my uh, nutritionist. And that's the way most patients want this. It doesn't happen a lot because the CGMs are such great tools to guiding diet. You know, if you decrease your carb intake on a CGM, you're going to lower those glucose curves. And you can see exactly what's happening with your body based on your dietary intake. So these are great tools to help guide diet. All right. Well, it sounds like you're, you're, you're really a coach in this whole thing. You're there. You're monitoring your, the progress. They're to take care of issues if they're falling behind. You're helping them get, get back up and, and run the last leg of the mile. Okay. So we've talked to good. We've talked to bad. We've talked to ugly. What else should we be talking about before we wrap up this semi-glutide podcast? You know, I, I think it's just that when you approach weight loss, you, you got to do it with a mindset that you're also trying to achieve improved metabolic health. Um, and, and what I mean is that a lot of patients have subtle health problems they aren't aware of, whether that be a blood sugar where you've been told, oh, just it's a little bit high, keep an eye on it, let's watch it for another year. So yeah. it, it's really not an aesthetic thing in my mind. It's not that you want to lose weight because you want to look better. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. But what we're really trying to do is help people maintain healthy and active lives indefinitely into the future as they get older. All right. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap this one up. So I want to thank you again for joining us here on the Metabolic MD with Dr. Paul Kalazic, our AKA Dr. Colo. <laughs> this is Terry O'Brien with Tri-Level Productions, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Metabolic MD with Dr. Paul Kolodzik. Please join us again for the next episode to hear how your metabolic health means everything and to learn tips on how to lose weight and possibly reverse some serious health conditions. This information is not meant to be medical advice. Please seek consultation from your own medical professional.